Commuter River Church this morning. This is Sunday, September 19th. We're so glad to be in church under the Word of God. So thank you for joining us broadcast. We are ministering on a, a broad word, but a powerful word on how to guarantee your life's success. How to guarantee success in your life. That, that looks like that should be years in the finishing of it. But actually, I have found it pretty much comes down to one or two things, and we're going to concentrate on the one, and we're calling it character. So if you would turn in your Bible with me to the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1. 2 Peter. It's easier to find than Philemon. I'm glad she told me it was after 2 Timothy. I, 2 Peter. Look what it says in verse 1. We're talking about how to guarantee your success. Verse 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them who have a that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, and here it is, through the knowledge of them, him, that hath called us to glory and virtue, hath called us to glory and virtue, hath called you, called me to glory and virtue, whereby, because of the calling, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, by these great and exceeding promises, ye may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world, through lust. Can you say with me, I've escaped. I've escaped. Amen. Verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, all diligence, that's, that's investing, that's putting yourself in. Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And then it goes on from there. I want to look this morning at that word virtue. Because I looked it up to see if that was the word that pointed to character. Because he said, add to your faith. Faith is absolutely essential. You're not going to have anything going on in your life without faith. But to activate your faith, to get it to work, sometimes takes more than just calling things that be not as though they were. And he said here to add to your faith virtue. So I looked up the word virtue, and sure enough, it means valor especially speaking of men, but it means valor. And then the next thing it said, it means excellence. Add to your faith excellence, which then also describes character. Add to your faith character. So faith is for everybody, but not everybody can wield it and make it work. You have to have a sense of character. And character comes by two things, we said. It either comes, and it's, it's in all of us by one of these two uh, paths. It comes by principles. It comes by where you look at the Word, and you say, that's what I'm going to live by. That then becomes your character. That's what I'm going to live by, these principles. Or it comes by most people, by what people think of you. I'm going to model my life to be pleasing to people. How, how many of y'all know that's the hardest thing you can do? is to please people because you you never will and they'll always and then when you think you did they change and you, you can't but all character is molded that's why people are so obnoxious 
so self-centered, so uh, 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 self-gratified, entitled. It's because it's all about me. And when it's all about us, which in Jesus it is all about the greater one in us, but when you're looking to what people think about you and you begin to model and move your life according to what pleases people, then you don't have what we call high character. You have what we call low character. Now in the movie star world and all the rest of the world, if you, that's all you got. If you don't have principles from the word, that's what you're left with. It's just nobody has ever been here before. No one's ever lived their life before. So we're, going, we're all going first time through, aren't we? We're, we're all just uh, figuring it out as we go. And so what people think, we often, people think, that's the way I ought to be, is what standard they have, I'll just meet their standard. But it does not, it does not win in life to do what other people are doing. Otherwise, they'd have better than what they're having. If it was so good, it'd be good for them. So why would we try to be a, somebody else when we're the best of us that could ever be? So... Uh, Principles, or excuse me, character, by definition, is what molds us and makes us non-negotiable. You know, they say everybody's got a line. You'll, you'll give up anything at a certain price, is what they say of the world. Everybody has their price for anything. Ah, this farm's not for sale. Well, suddenly it's sold because somebody met that price or whatever. Um, so character is our non-negotiables. When we finally say... I won't go past this line. And as you know, in our society, we all move the line. Uh, our grandparents would faint at the words and the scenes and the, and the depictions of this life because this violates all of their character. But we've been that frog in the kettle. It's like, what? What? I was telling Deborah Ann the other day that when I just started out in 1980, uh, if, a, if a preacher, and one did, said hell in the message, I turned to her and said, I'm done. She settled me down. And, uh, and then a little bit, he said something about a homosexual. He was just stating that he wasn't promoting it, wasn't denying it. He was just saying, in the world there are. And I couldn't stand the hearing of that word. And for sure, then I was getting, I'm, I'll, if, you, if you're not going with me, I'll be in the car. But she could slap me back, and so I settled down. But that's, you go, well, that's crazy. And it is. It's just... Uh, but that's where I was. That's the level, right or wrong, mostly wrong, I guess, that I had settled as being a non-negotiable. We just don't say those words. And, and we've all evolved either into a higher character or devolved into a lower character. This world is trying to take you and I down in our character. Where the line is moved, anything will go. And our society, would you all agree with me, is pretty made it where there is no line. There is no line. Anything can go. And uh, we could go through all the things that make that. But you, you know what you hear and what you know. So, uh, but we also have decided or d discovered that uh, wherever your line is, it saves you from things that are beyond that line. If there's certain things that you won't do, you won't have an affair, you won't cheat on your taxes, you won't speed, you know, or or you won't tell, whatever people have the line, it keeps us from the consequences of beyond that line, whatever line that is. So, you know, if you have a line that says, I won't do this, well, then the consequences for that will never be in your life because you never went there. 
So character's important. It sets a non-negotiable in our life that says that's as far as I'll go. And we can be affected by righteousness or affected by foolishness to change that line. The temptation will be so great and the cost will be so little that we finally say, you know, I'll do that. I'll, I'll cheat on this business deal or I'll, I'll lie to this thing or I'll whatever that might be. And we cross what used to be a non-negotiable and now it's been moved out the line. That's where everybody gets in trouble is when they go past their character past the line. And we said two weeks ago that it's the most important thing that parents want for their kids. The reason they want them to be smart and educated and find the right girl or guy or whatever is uh, because they want them to have a good life. But mostly, mainly, parents want their kids to have good character. They think, they perceive that it's the number one thing that will cause their children to be successful. And we've all heard stories or lived stories where someone that uh, they were raising children that had no character, that were that everything was on the table, and, and so they were concerned about that because character, we all think, is very, very important. And so we work on that. But then a lot of times, we're, we're assailed in the church because we think it's holier than thou, it's self-righteous. They, they say that about us when we try to develop our character, where we set a line, we set a a thing that says we won't go past that. And the churches in America have been divided on it, whether they'll ordain gay clergy, or whether they will marry gay couples, or whether they will uh, uh, allow uh, certain people that have drug pass and, and records and everything, what they do with them, the line has been moved around. And lots of denominations have actually split because of that and said, we're not going with that bunch, we're going to start our own bunch. And then I know of a lot of churches that they just pulled out, a small group just pulled out and said, we're going to call our church, you know, the general congregational church of this city or whatever, just because of that. So it's a negotiable all the time. Where is our character and where is the line? And sometimes we're surprised where the line we think is and what we're willing to do, we look back and say, I can't believe I did that. I, I thought I would never do that. It came at me in such a way, it uh, deceived me, it uh, uh, seduced me, and suddenly I was where I said I would never be. And we all hate that, don't we? We hate that. It's called sin for us. He who knoweth to do good and doeth it not, for him it is sin. And so everybody's got a different standard of that uh, for their personal life. So uh, it leads us and it saves us from foolishness. The higher your character, the less foolishness is in your life. Because you just, foolishness is on the other side of whatever your character is, whatever your excellence is, whatever your standard, your foundation, whatever your foundation is that you abide. You tend to find somebody to marry that's on the same character level. Not because they look as pretty as you or because they have money, those are all factors, of course, but we want to be with someone, we, women want to find a man that has good character. Because then he won't steal, he won't leave her, he won't do bad things, in, practice, in theory only, and vice versa. Am I right about that? That's, that's so we know it's important, because it's what everybody's looking for in other people, and it's what they're looking for in themselves. I, I, you know, we all think we can do better if our character is high, and not being tossed, as James says, 
by every wave. So what's our greatest need in our life? Well, most of the church is concentrating on sin. They're saying, well, sin, you know, we've got to preach on sin, and we've got to say sin's bad, and you now we condemn people and judge people. You, you divorced? Well, we, you can't ever be a, a, an usher. You can't work in the church. You've you got you to gotta do this, and you've got to be that. That's, that's their moral standard, and it's hurt a lot of people. But sin's not the problem. Jesus solved the sin problem, Amen. and we dominate sin. Sin shall not have dominion over you, the Word says. So we, that's not the problem. Now, it is a challenge sometimes, but it's always based on character. It's not based on what's sin and not sin. Sometimes we don't know something's sin. Do you all know that? Sometimes we do things and went, what? And then it just bites the snot out of you, and you look back at it. And I tell my story about being a co-signer and uh, how I, I, it just bit me so bad. Mostly it hurt my feelings that I had found out the word is true, thou shalt not. And I said, I'm the exception. This is, this is a good man, and I'm in a good place, and this is for God. And it just bit the whale out of me, just, you know. And I, it marked me, I can tell you, in a lot of ways. Uh, it, it wasn't a personal sin. I didn't violate anybody or put anybody under the... But, but it, was, it was big enough for me to change my life. So I think our character is, I looked at it, where is it? You know, our soul is comprised of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And I believe character is in the will. I believe we can will to stay on things that we really don't know about one way or another, but we have a self-mandated standard in our life that says, that's just me, but I don't believe in that, and I'm not going past that. Or I believe that we ought to do this, and we ought to do that, and y'all all go your way, but I'm going to stay on track. That's in our will. And our will is always under constant assault. But if your will's good, if you've got your will uh, in the Lord Jesus, you'll go a long ways. And it's saved us. I can tell you, the reason you don't have any more troubles in your life, church, is because of your character. It's not from super faith. I spoke to this mountain, and I said this, and I did that. It's not because of luck, certainly. We don't believe in that. It's because we had a character, a foundation that kept us from trouble. We, we just pulled off before we went over the edge, so to speak. We, we don't even know what was waiting on the other side, except for the few times we do violate these things, and it bites us, like my situation, and we say, I've learned enough to know this thing's got to be fixed inside. It's not just outside. So I put down in my notes that character is, the, is, is measured by how you and I ride out Pressured times. Pressured times. Y'all know they always come. The word Jesus, the Lord Jesus said, I, you're always going to have pressured times. So it's how you ride it out. It's the, it's the measure of your character. You can just say, I'm a good guy. I, I got high character. But what will you do under pressure? That measures everything. If you fold like, a, like an armchair or if you stand like a rock, determines your character. It's not what you say you'll do, it's what you're willing and able to do that, uh, that preserves us. And I think low character is characterized by, uh, it's me, that uh, I've never seen it. Well, yeah, I did see it, that Pixel cartoon where the seagulls are jumping around in that Pixar that says, mine, 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 mine. <laughs> I love the Pixar, y'all. I don't know about 
the westerns and the mysteries and the cops and robbers, but you give me a good Pixar, and I, I, I'm big or up, and uh, I, I like all of that stuff. Hallelujah. But it's mine, 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 mine. So that's, everybody knows, that's someone that has low character. They'll do anything. They'll do a lot. If you put them in a corner and say, we're not, you, you can't have anything, well, and a high character is, is characterized, I think, the same as love. It's willing to serve. It's, it's serving its families. High character serves the community of the, the church, the community of the... It's just all about serving, helping out there. You are more important than me. That's high character. That doesn't come just from the natural inner man, does it? It comes from a resolve, and it comes from our will. And so uh, character is based on what's in us and what we are willing to do to save us. High character is, is when you say, I will call upon the name of the Lord. Even though it's, it looks like the sharks are going to gobble me up, I'm standing. And having done all the stand, we just keep standing. That's rare, and it's because it's, it's, it's faith. I, absolutely, it's faith. Faith is how you do it, but the decision to do it is our character. It's our foundation. It's our resolve that just says, I am this, and I'm not that, and I will not go into that. It's all different, and it's all evolving. That's one reason we go, we go to the Word. It's not to find out about David and Goliath. It's not to find out about uh, the Red Sea, yay. But it's to look at character and say, that's why uh, biographies are so important to us. To read about people that had courage, people that, that had character, that uh, in the assault, they were found standing when it's over. Amen? And that's what we should be do, doing. So I wrote down that any breakdown in our life can be traced back to character. We failed to hold the line. The line that would have kept us safe the line that would have kept us secure, the line that would have positioned us to go further the next day, we gave it up and we have to go back and have a do-over. Y'all know how we hate do-overs. We, we used to didn't hate them so bad. That's the reason we were willing to, to do them again. But now we do. So Luke chapter 6, here we talked about virtue. And virtue, it is being good, but virtue is character. It's the foundation. In Luke chapter 6, if you turn there with me, we'll look at the scripture that we've been basing this whole teaching on and look in verse 47. And here, here it is. This is, the, this is how character comes. This is how you grow your character. And character will find faith. Character will find faith. We know how it comes. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It arises. But what makes you even want to go there? I, there's a lots of people that, I, that have been in church all their life, and they're faithless, they're empty, they're impotent, they're, they're totally without a veil. And you go, well, what, what is it? They have no character. They're just, they've heard it, but they're not doers. And he said in verse 47, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings. Well, that'd be the word, wouldn't it? He's not here bodily, but his word is. And doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the street beat vehemently against that house and could, could, could not shake it, could not shake it, could not shake it. Now I'm just going to remind y'all 
this morning, the more you walk with Jesus, the more the devil wants to kill you. He is murder. Still kill. The word kill there is murder. He wants to murder you. And if he could have, I can tell you he would have. And so sometimes he attacks our family, our children, our grandchildren, or whatever. Take it personally. Take it personally. Because he has no interest in killing these people, murdering these people, putting them under pressure, except to get to you. He wants you to say it didn't work, and thereby lower your standard and, and, and bring your line back in. So, uh, and, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not, doeth not the word that he heard. He was a hearer, not a doer. Is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth. The sand is what some versions say. Against which the stream did beat vehemently, the same. And immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Uh, so what's the deal here? What, let's, let's just boil this thing down, distill it out. Because so, we've all been here. I've certainly been here. We've all been here that we knew to do right. We knew what was needed. We, we, we're foundation-oriented. We know what's good, what's right, what's best. But we choose wrong sometimes, and there's always a reason. It's not like, I want to be foolish, I want this thing to fall. We just sometimes, we don't give value to digging down to the rock. Would I be right there? We, we are assailed by other things in our life. And, and the truth is, uh, we assay in our head, we prioritize that right now at this moment, nothing bad's going to happen. I need to get this house up and going because I got a lot on my plate. And if we stop and dig deep and get the foundation right and get our character right, we're going to lose a lot of days moving forward. It's the tortoise and the hare thing, you know. If you, and so we, we don't just say, I don't believe it. We just say, I can't do it right now. And the truth is, is we can because why? Because the stream will come. It, it, this talks about the stream that came and great was its, uh, uh, great was its uh, ruin. But the truth is, not everything that comes up is a squall line across Mississippi that's got F4s in it. Sometimes it's just an F1 or it's just a big old storm that just whoops on your house and on your stuff. It's a hailstorm or it's a twisty wind. So it's not just that life is full of the once and ever, once in a while, huge hurricane. There's lots of little storms. And so sometimes when you don't have a foundation, it doesn't take a big storm. The little stuff gets us. And you know what it always is. It's always that you, the time it took to get that little storm fixed and repaired, get the roof back on, metaphorically speaking, get, get everything in. We could have had time to dig deep, to invest. To, to do what the Word says to do, to hear the sayings and just stop and say, I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to go to church. I ain't got time to go to church. Well, truly, all of us have 120% of the things we do on our plate when we're done. Nobody here says, I came to church because I just didn't have nothing else to do. And it's not just like the hour and a half or two, whatever, that you're in church. you got to giddy up. It takes from when you get up all the way till one or whenever you finally saunter into home, it takes that whole part of the day to get into this one little window. And you can reason that out. 
that that's not the best investment for your time. Just think how much money I could make in overtime if I was there. Think how much we could get done. We need to clean the house because company's coming. And, you know, you, you, can, you can go anywhere you want to go in your head. And, and you can make a case. But here, the Lord Jesus said, it's going to bite you. It's going to get you. These things will come back and you will say, the investment that I made in other things was not worth it. Uh, he said in Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It, that's foundation. That's like build the foundation first and all these things that the Gentiles seek will be added to you. He said you don't even have to go out and do these other things instead of the foundation. Just build the foundation and I will build your life. I will give you what you need for the time you spend on your foundation. Are we okay? We're good on this? So you're doing the right thing. You're, you're on it. But we need to not let anything pull us off. Because the temptation of our hour is great. This, this is down to the knuckle-buckling time of, of, our, of, the, of the whole world, the kingdom. The devil is out there. The time is short, and he knows it. And so he's, he's pulling everything out. Well, we just got to pull everything out we know. And we've got to win at it. Ah. Uh, this man that built his house on the sand, now no doubt, because we can all relate to this, intended to upgrade later. It wasn't like, I'm just foolish and I just think it, I don't think it'll ever fall. He knows that there's a time factor there. He's taking a risk. And he intends to, as soon as he gets this little thing over here in order, y'all tell me when I'm getting real close. When I get this little thing over here in order, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do this. The story of Elvis Presley is famous where he said, uh, uh, he was a Christian, and, and God asked him to serve him. And he said, I'm going to wait till my career's over, and then, God, I will serve you. Well, the, the storm beat, beat vehemently against his life. The foundation's what would have saved him from all the demise that he had. But he said, I don't have time for that. The hour of fame is at this moment. When we see football players that say, I can't get my education. i got to quit the, after my junior year because I'm a rock star. And I don't want to get injured on, in my last year in college, getting my degree, let's, let's head out. I'm not judging that, I'm just saying that's the thinking. Is that that's more important than what's going on. And we all, it's all a priority, it's all a, a measure of importance. What's more important? Because there's just so much of me, and there's just so much time, what am I going to invest in? And Jesus said here, you better put the foundation in. You better read the Word. You better pray out the Word. You better be with like precious faith. You better go to church if there's faith to be found at church, you go, it's a lot of work, Lord. Midweek, how would you like to drive midweek from Columbus, Mississippi? What, what kind of priority are you attaching to that? Uh, it's, it's astounding. In this day, it might not have been 40 years ago, but in this day, it's unheard of. And I, I salute that because it is, it is. You know, things never get going good enough to stop what you're doing and go back and dig. It always takes the house getting beat to the ground before we wake up, most people anyway, and say, I should have done that. I, I, I knew better. I, I regret it. I, I, I'm not happy with the decision I make, but I'm going to have a do-over. And they're, they're midlife before they find Jesus in that realm. They're Christians, but insurance has to be bought before the trouble. Everybody knows that. Ah, just for $400, I could have, they would have paid this $100,000 thing off. But timing is everything. 
You can't come back with 400 later and get that to happen. So that's important. So we said two weeks ago, basically, you got to dig or die. If you believe what the Lord Jesus said, he said, if you don't build on the foundation, the storm will take you out. Then you got to dig or die. It's, it's not like, well, I think I can beat the odds. He, he didn't say sometimes and often or he said it will come. The storm to take you out is 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 like one of those uh, missiles they drop out of an airplane that's got a target on it. And it just it goes within a yard, a, a meter of its target from 40 miles away. Y'all y'all read about stuff like that. It's just it's it's just amazing. Well, that's what trouble is doing to the man and woman who will not build the foundation. It's like, I need a demonstration of how the gospel doesn't work and how God doesn't care and how these things, you know, they, they said that God's in charge of their life, but look, I'll take them out. You are on the end of that missile. But the house of the righteous will not fall. It'll stand. And so you got to build your house. you got to build it on the foundation. Then when the missile comes, and it will come, it'll just bounce off. And most of the time, and now let me tell you, we don't even know what came and what left. It's not even like it, it, there was a storm everywhere around. Right now we're in a, a time in our, in our country, even the world, where there is, there is wholesale panic all around us because of the COVID. People, it's changing everybody's life. Yes. And it's, it's, meant to, it's meant to come after the church. This is all collateral damage out there. Now, of course, God loves people, but the devil hates all of us. And so this is for us to wake up. Wake up, Michael. This isn't just a pandemic. It, it is every bit of that. But it's for you to figure out this is the storm that's raining down vehemently against your house. And if you don't have a foundation, just look out there at the world and see what it looks like. You and I would not be different if we didn't have a foundation. Now make no mistake, you're not special because you're special. You're special because you dig deep and found the special, made yourself special, exempted yourself out of that world system where the curse is everywhere. We're living above the curse. We're not living in a world that doesn't have curse. We're living above the curse. And so don't, don't make any mistake that says, what I'm doing is irrelevant. I believe I'll take a little season off. I believe I'll skip church for a while. I've been going all my life and none and none and none. Just to let you know the 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 the, the uh, what does it say in Psalm 91? Uh, no weapon, no uh, no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. Well, that's what we're living under right now, church. That's what you are living under is no plague shall come near my dwelling. And you go, wow, that's not really working. It is absolutely working. And if you don't believe that, just step out. Just step out and see. And you'll just be like everybody else. And we're not condemning them. We're not saying they're bad. They're not. It's just that their house has got a lot of sand under it. And, and they're saved. And they're going to church. But they, they're building no foundation. They're talking about sin. And condemning and, and harassing everybody, you know. As if not sinning would make you better. Not sinning does not make you better. It just makes you where you don't have to face the consequences of that sin. But if you're condemned, you're not worth much. I can tell you nobody is worth much. And you go, well, what kind of people get condemned? Everybody. 
The smallest little sin will condemn you till you can have a meltdown. You don't have to be a serial killer to get condemned. Turn with me to Psalm 37, if you would. So I, I got to dig or die. If you don't know that, you, you will die. I don't mean literally. I mean, but your life will just be survival. You, you can't wait for heaven to escape. Well, tell me, where I, tell me when you get it. We dominate here on earth. I'm dominating. Do I mess up? Do I miss it? Does it slip in? Yeah, I, I mismeasured it. I misassessed it. I misevaluated it sometimes. Thought I was better than I was. But those near misses, I pay attention and say, Ooh, that was close. Something's not right. And uh, we're going we're gonna to dig. And so we dig. Something we've slacked off on. Something that we just thought wasn't important or whatever. Uh, our pastor's always nailing on this, but it's not necessary. Maybe it is. <laughs> Who can say? Uh, Psalm 37. I looked and looked for this scripture last night. I knew it was in here, but I, I, but I finally found it. Because it's a common question. And the common question is, is, look at this, Ethel. Here we're going to church, and we're tithing, and we're giving, and we're spending our time. And look, look at the, what can we call them next door? The Joneses. We don't have any Joneses in here. Look at the Joneses. They throw their beer cans over the fence, and they're, they're rocking and having parties all the time, and they, they, they're buying this boat and going on this trip and everything, and they, they're healthy. Here we are fighting the, the Hong Kong fooey, and, and, and they're over there just, just uh, you know, and, and, and everybody has thought, why is this? It's not fair, and what good is it? Here's what it is. It's, the devil will say it to your ear, hath God said. That's what he told Eve. Hath God said. And so we begin to, we're t it's the beginning of temptation. But in Psalm 37, it addresses that. Let's see where we are in verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious, here it is, envious, against the workers of iniquity. Those neighbors, even though they're sweetie and they, they brought over their cantaloupe out of their garden and shared, they are of the devil if they're not of the Lord. We are children of one or the other. We're not just good sinners. And he said, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. So like everything else in our life, time is the factor. You think, well, look, I'm, I'm over here whamming it, and they're over there just living this wonderful, terrible life. And what is, what is up with that? He said, watch the video, not the snapshot. And the video will play out. Verse 13 says, The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. So pay no attention to them. We are not to compare ourselves with anybody. Our walk is peculiar, specific, unique, and personal. It's not comparing you to the neighbors. Well, they get to do this, and we don't get to do that. Wouldn't we like to do that? We'd like to go to the lake every other weekend. No, you don't. 
You want to dig because they're, they're on their way out. It says, he shall laugh at them, for he seeth that his day is coming. They got the wrong desires. So don't, don't, don't look over the fence and, and long and wish. Isn't that what Lot's wife did? She looked back not because she wanted to see a burning thing. She looked back because she, she, she was sad at the life she was living, being, having to give up. I, my husband's dragging me out here. And she, she couldn't go forward, could she? We, we know that. Um, Mark chapter 4. Yeah, let's turn there. Mark chapter 4. You got a minute more. We're not going to let some Africa pictures take away from my time, are we? <laughs> and everybody voted for the joke. That, that wasn't like I just put that in there. <laughs> Don't take that joke out of my time. Hallelujah. It says in chapter 4, and we're talking about character here. We're talking about virtue. We're talking about excellence. The inner core of our being. What really is calling the shots. Now you may smell that, uh, that peach cobbler. Deborah fixed a peach cobbler this week. We had company. We had the Fethkiners over on Thursday. And she, she took those Chilton County peaches out of the freezer. And served it up to these people. <laughs> and just big hunks in their plate, in their bowl, and then put ice cream on it. It's like, don't be smelling that stuff and thinking, I got to go that way. If I don't look skinnier this morning, it's because that woman the Lord gave me. <laughs> I'll just leave it at there. Probably didn't, did I? He said unto them, verse 21, is a candle, is a light, brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed. Think about the purpose of what a candle is. And you would say it's never. It's never. It is wrong. It's contrary to put it under something and not to be set on a candlestick. Well, yeah, of course. And then he said in verse 22, it's just like that. For nothing, there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Now, this is an amazing statement. This is a principle in the kingdom that says everything will be, everything will have its way. We, we'll, we don't have time this morning, I don't think, to go into seed time and harvest. But everything will be exactly as the word says it is. So when Galatians says, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And the Phillips translation says that and that only. You got to go, really? Isn't that just a general thing? Here's the problem for sinners. Certain amount of the church, the carnal church at least. Sinners think that they, they, they kind of like the, mytholo the, the, the Greek gods. The myth Is that mythology? Yeah. And Zeus and Thor and, and Dooley Doo and Loki and all those guys, all those guys. Well, they're just, but you've got to please the gods. You read about the history of the Greeks and all that. Well, the gods must be mad because it didn't rain, or the gods must be mad, or we've got we to gotta do this, we've got to sacrifice a virgin to get the gods happy with us, or whatever. Don't let your Christian faith have anything to do with that. So the sinner says, we're going to just step out there and just see. 
see if anything happens. So they get out there and they do something bad. And they look around like the old gods and say, must not be bothering God because nothing happened. How many of y'all know that'd be wrong thinking? Because God, we're in a day of grace right now. There is no judgment. There is no punishment following. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there is no penalty coming. Step out there and sell drugs or give your body or, or lie or, or whatever, you, whatever sin is to people. And, and step back and say, nothing happened. God didn't smack me. I didn't lose my job. Uh, my kids are all still there. And it emboldens them to think that God doesn't notice or the standard's a lot lower than the church has preached and proclaimed. Ah, a bunch of do-gooders in there. It, God don't care. Well, we're, we're under a system of grace right now. There is no penalty. There is no judgment. It's there, but it was put on Jesus. And it is coming. If you, when you leave this life, <laughs> it absolutely is there. So don't think, well, I did good and nothing happened. I, I did good. I sacrificed. I stood in my place. I, I, I suffered a certain amount for the kingdom and did, did not, not what I wanted to do, but I gave. And, and where is it? Where is the reward of my sacrifice of my faith? It's there, and it's coming. Sometimes it's immediate. Have you ever sowed a, 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 a big seed? Because if, a seed, if, uh, if, the, if your seed doesn't meet your need, it must be your seed, however that goes. If what you have in your hand won't meet your need, it must be your seed. Now, I can tell you, I can personally tell you, I have, I have sowed that seed, that thing where, if I, yeah, it's precious. If I didn't sow it, I could pay the thing off. But the Lord was saying, what you're facing is not, is just the tip of the iceberg. You're going to need a miracle harvest. And I have sown seeds and put all my heart into it. I mean, like God. And the miraculous came. I mean, it happened. It was true. But by character, we just keep doing what nobody even knows we're doing that's good. Because that's what's inside of us. That's who we are. And we, we, we push the kingdom forward in our life. Whatsoever a man soweth. So, if we, let me just go there for a moment. Y'all won't take anything personally. I'm talking to the camera. How about if I say that? Because it just needs to be said so we'll have understanding. But don't, don't take anything personal if this, if this is a weakness in your life. Because I can tell you all these things are in me. And I'm working on it. But sometimes we wonder why God doesn't show up on time. Or how come people that we need to be in our life don't show up in time. And yeah, they show up two weeks later or, or if ever. And th then the other day I, I was thinking about this in, in character. And I realized that sometimes I said things to people that I didn't intend. I said, I, I'll be seeing you soon. As soon as I heard click, that thing was a part of the ether. 
And I never did see him soon. I never wrote him a note. I never did what I said. Just, just chit-chat. I mean, it's just like, ah, yeah, I can't wait to see you again. Let's get, to, let's get together soon. And I, I didn't. It was nothing purposeful. It's just a matter of speech. But then I realized I had sown that. I had sown my word. And so we wonder why when people won't do what they're supposed to do towards us, how can that be? Well, it's because we sowed it, and that is what a man will reap. I'm just touching here. So, so if we're late, we're late on our payments, we're late to, to work, or we're, whatever we are all late to. <laughs> well, I won't go there. But uh, you go, well, how come people are, are late with me? How come they don't do what they say they'll do when they say they'll do it? It's not just life. For you and me, it's an exact reward or consequence of seed we have sown. My character is going out there and being reflected in spades or in multiples and coming back to me. Because the seed always multiplies itself. You go, nah, that's reaching. Well, if it is, the word is not really true. It's just kind of like, well, pretty close. Whatsoever a man soweth. Then we go back here to verse 22. There is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Uh, where did I? I think I... No, I didn't do that. Well, we did it another week. There is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. So the righteous things you do... Did you give in the offering this morning? Did you give in the offering this morning? Well, of course we did, because that's the character. It's not because it's a tax or you have to pay to come to church here or because we have a big project or, or we're about to go under. None of that. No, we do not teach the offering for you to give. We, there, God forbid that we would be carnal and try to pitch the emotional realm in order to induce people to do something that's favorable. God forbid, and I will not be a part to that. And we craft everything and everyone that re receives the offering up here. I talk to them and say, we are not here to get a bigger offering. We are here to stir up our already faith to give in joy, to expect a harvest on what we're giving. It's a harvest towards us, not a harvest towards River Church. God forbid. I will not be a part of that. My, I've, got, I've got character for that. And I hate it when they do that. We saw a movie the other night or something, a movie, and it was in a little country church, and the, the preacher closed his Bible. He said, if you give 10, it'll get you in. <laughs> if you give 10, it'll get you in. Well, that's a lie. That's just a lie. But it's been planted everywhere. Low character will get you low results. And so we don't do that. We don't do that. You may think, because uh, we had a man tell us one time, all y'all do, this is after he left, all y'all do is talk about money. Well, this man needed money. <laughs> he had none. <laughs> and he needed it desperately, but he's, he's criticizing me for always just talking about money. Well, Jesus talked about money. I'm not going to get off on that, but there's, he, there's um, more than salvation the word talks about money. Well, why is that? Because we need help with our money. 
It's very big in the world and it's been perverted, polluted, and, and, and uh, maligned. And then we have that thing out there that all preachers want is your money. So anyway, Jesus talks about money to straighten us out. Back to that, and then i got to quit. If you sowed in this offering, you changed your future. It's impossible unless you're just some airhead that just, just gave it because you're, uh, you think it's a debt. I've got to pay the big man off or he'll smack me this week. See, that's, that's mythological gods. That's, that's Buddha. That's uh, Zen. That's uh, the Muslim thing, the Islam faith. That's what all that's based on. You've got to be pleasing him if you want him to do good to you. Well, Jesus came and he already did good to us. Whether we do good to him or not. If you're born again, you're going to heaven. No matter what you're doing. Uh, up to just... just opting out of the kingdom. There is a thing in Hebrews where you can, if you, you know, you, you read it in Hebrews 6. But otherwise, you're going to heaven. And I tell you, look at people and you go, there ain't no way God wants you. Because you don't want him. But they made a decision. They made a commitment. They gave their life to Jesus at an earlier age. And that's how it is, and it won't be different. Just send your cards and letters right in here, and we'll read all of them. Hallelujah. Character. Excellence. It's a striving in us to please God, even though it doesn't have any consequences. He's not demanding us do anything. We're sons that serve. I like that. Curry says that. We're sons that serve. If we don't serve, we're still sons. If we do serve, we're not better sons. We're just, we're just uh, more like him. We're, we're giving access to this that's down here instead of the old man that was up here. So that's how you guarantee your success in life. You just say, I'm upgrading. I'm always upgrading. I'm digging down to put me on the rock, the rock of the word, the rock of God's promises, the principles in the kingdom. And as far as what people think, pleasing them, how many of y'all know more and more we don't want to please people? I mean, we don't feel beholden to please people. I want to please people, but not at the sacrifice of who... I am in him. I got a whole nother message in the half. Now, we never touched it. This stuff is so good. I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying this is changing my life. It's giving me purpose to the things that I've already had inside of me. It's given me uh, affirmation that, hey, you're on the right course. And uh, you're going to go somewhere. I want to go somewhere with my life. I want to do something before he comes. If it's in the morning, then absolutely, you've done all you're going to do. But uh, I want to do something for him. Well, how, just wanting to doesn't do anything. i got to build a capacity down in me to hold him. People don't realize that. They just say, I send the power, Lord, send it on me. You've got to have some place to put it. It's like the lotto. You know, we talk about the lotto. Somebody wins the lotto. They have nowhere to put it. So they just smear it on and, and try to put it in their pocket, but it can't go in, and they lose it all. I don't want to lose a thing the Lord's sending into this kingdom, into this earth. Amen. So, Father, we thank you today for helping us. You, you lay help on him who is mighty, and we declare in the Lord Jesus that each of us are mighty in him. And so lay help on us, Lord. We need help in the Word. We need help in the Holy Ghost. We need help with the saints. 
We need help with our calling. We need help with our character, Lord. We, we, we dig a little while and then we rest. And then we might dig a little while or we might cover up the thing. But Lord, we need help to go the distance. And so I know you're helping us. Holy Spirit, we open our hearts and say, help me, help me, Lord, in Jesus' name. So we, we thank you for increase in our lives. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We thank you, Lord, for faithful over little, becoming master over much. We want to master our character, our foundation, our virtue. We want to master it so it looks like Jesus. We want the, Lord, we want divine health in our bodies. We want divine healing and then we want divine health in our bodies where we never get sick. And then, Lord, that wherever we go and touch and speak, that power changes other people. We're not, we're not at the end of anything right now, Lord. There's so much more you want to do through us. So we yield now to whatever that is to be that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have you got us a victory song, Barry Paul? All right. I'm sorry, I went right past that. Wow. That's awesome. Yay. That's good, babe. I remember Kathleen. No dying. I mean, she hadn't had kids. She, her grandkids were, were running around. And until she couldn't, she just went back in the nursery. She just took a rotation. And so many of our ladies, you know, in this day, you can't send men back to be in children's church by themselves. It's just, it's not real, but it's, insurance won't let us do it. You believe it or not, insurance says no. They, they check on us and say, if you don't have a couple, or, you know, you cannot send a man back to children like that. Well, that's, that's a, isn't that an indictment on our culture right now that they, even in church, and they want us to, they want us each to, the insurance wants us to fill out uh, background checks. I said no. But anyway, Joy Gann, I, after she said that, I, 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 the Lord, now the Lord Jesus, what? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You're a marked out one, Lord. He's a marked out one, Lord. Joey is marked out, called out, set apart for you. And nothing, nothing, nothing that he has believed about himself is the reality of this day. So the Lord says to you, Joey Gann, prepare yourself, gird yourself up. He wants to send you into the deepest part of the battle because he needs a warrior that'll come back with the victory. And he's gonna set you on high. And what you're doing now is character building. And what you're gonna have is to be a mentor to men about these things that you're putting in your life. So be strong and of a good courage, Joey. The Lord has called you out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, thank you, Pamela. I appreciate that. appreciate that. Amen. Well, good. Good, good. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Amen. Well, have you got a song? I does. Let's stand